Hi, I'm Brian Hibbs, owner of Comics Experience in San Francisco. The Comics Experience Graphic Novel Club, uh, we pick a brand new book every single month. The whole staff votes on it. It's what we think is the best comic that comes out at every, any given month. Each one of them comes with a special signed book play. Uh, and we also do these interviews um, with the creators. If you're interested in, uh, in comics, uh, in art, this is a great program and we'd love it if you could join us. So click it through and join the club. Otherwise, enjoy the interview. I want to welcome everyone to a very special uh, episode of the Graphic Novel of the Month Club. Um, we've got a really fantastic book this month. Uh, it's it's very thoughtful. It's a beautiful memoir, uh, and we're very lucky to be joined here by um, uh, international activist and artist Ai Weiwei. Hello, Ai. How are you? Hi, Ai. Hi. Weiwei. Oh my gosh. I'm sorry. I'm really nervous. <laughs> That's fine. You know, it's just you can call me I or Weiwei. Doesn't matter. Very good. I will. I will call you Weiwei. Is what I will do. Um. Uh. I really, really thought that this was a fantastic piece of comic book making. Um. I. I. I really enjoyed it tremendously. Um. And so the first question always is, why comics? Of of all the ways that you can express yourself, what appealed to you? about doing this as a comic? Well, uh, I think the comic uh, come from a very early experience. When you see um, someone like my father uh, who can use just a, a pen and um, a piece of white paper to start room or make a drawing. And, uh, you know, those uh, simple lines, it's almost like a poetic uh, image because y you, you, you see the reality can be abstract into uh, just a simple line. And that line tells uh, so much. So um, I start to realize uh, while I was very young to see this kind of miracle, happens uh, because my father studied art in Paris in the 19, early 1930s. And uh, so I, when he started doing those things, he was being seen as the like public enemy, exiled in most remote the, uh, province, Xinjiang. And uh, in in this Gorbi Desert, we are living under a, a, a dugout, uh, you know, basically uh, very, very extreme conditions. So he was forced to, to as a, uh, someone to clean the public toilets for the villagers. And uh, then you, you know, I don't know uh, what it really did, but I, I see him and can make a drawing like that, which nobody can achieve. So that surprises me, give me uh, leaving me a very strong impression. And uh, also at that time, there's not so much uh, 
other media besides the we call it the little 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 boys book or little uh, children's book, which is uh, maybe one fourth of the size of A4 uh, um, paper worldwide. Yeah, and uh, in on those uh, little uh, drawing books, you can see revolutionary stories. War or some stories that reflects this kind of revolutionary spirit. So, but uh, the drawings are made by professionals, and the story always catches um, children's attention. You know, um, they don't understand the meaning, or they may not even care about the meaning of the propaganda, but they really like the drawing. And one of them just. Uh, uh, reading those kind of materials when we growing up, there's no other sense to 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 look at this. Of course, there's not even television or films, but those books, almost every household would have it. So we always uh, uh, had this kind of habit to look at the uh, pages, and uh, which I always think is very interesting. And uh, I always uh, structure your imagination. Yeah, the um, the the propaganda comics that 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 you were reading were they? How did you get them? Were they distributed by the government, or were these things that were for sale? In China, there's one distributor called the New China. Uh, yeah, New China. This is the name called New China, Xinhua Shu, or 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 People's uh, uh, People's uh, Association. So, yeah, everything are distributed by the government. There's no single prints, not even a single words, not distributed by the government. Interesting. Um, uh, and and. One of the things you talk about in the book a couple of times is is about how when the government makes art, it's it's very difficult for it to be um, uh, uh, valid art, you know, because because the government's interests are very different than the interests of art. Um, did you was this a thing that you perceived when you were young, or did you just take it for granted what what you were seeing in in the in these comics? Well, there's no other, there's no other uh, publications. That's the only thing you, you uh, has, you know, has been distributed to people can spend uh, like uh, a few cents to buy a book, and uh, there's no way even to judge it, you know. Yeah, you're you're the very first panel of of Zodiac. Um... You're, it starts with your father saying, "Don't read." Uh, is is that partly a reaction to the propaganda that you were being given? No, nothing to do with those propagandas. Actually, the the book is, uh, you know, I I just because I I talk about my early relations with uh, this kind of uh, drawings and. Uh, 
Yeah, it's just the one way uh, of expression to make drawings and uh, to to illustrate and uh, to to create some narratives and uh, to tell a story. When did you first encounter comics that were not propaganda? Um, I I would say all comics are propaganda. I never. <laughs> I would say, you know, propaganda a different way. You know, even you look at uh, the children's book, you see, you know, how the parents want to educate the children. Uh, and and uh, most, mostly, you would say, it's kind of propaganda. Yeah. Um, do you think... Do you think that, that a memoir, though, is, is inherently propaganda? Uh because it strikes no, me that I will not, I, I will not directly, uh, uh, you know, uh, refers to that. I would say, if a, 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 a book writing or drawing or whatever the book is, is really has a content, and that uh, reflects uh, authors or, or, you know, someone's idea. One of the things that struck me is that there's almost no native Chinese comics that have made it into the United States. Um, very, very, very few. Uh, the, the main ones that have have been martial arts comics from Hong Kong. Um, and I, I look at the same time at Japanese manga, uh, Korean manga, where those comics are out there widely and are actually changing American culture as people read the points of view of those Asian countries. Do you think that, that there's a mistake from, uh, from, from the Chinese publications to not make the material wider available to the rest of the world so that those points of view can be communicated? Like I would say in the world, uh, uh, in terms of those kind of publications, uh, are really uh, divided by the culture and by the political situation. And uh, there are many uh, wonderful books, uh, you know, even the propaganda books, uh, is uh, fantastic uh, illustrations, and but uh, they have a very different, uh, like uh, ideology or or sense of what right or wrong, or you know. So it can't be uh, popular in in the West, and uh, because uh, you know it's just simply uh, not same kind of stories, or or people not would feel disconnected to to certain uh, ideology or emotions but i would i would say the same thing is certainly true with japanese culture uh and yet because of the popularity of manga uh in the united states i can see that japanese manga is changing how pop culture uh, uh, comes across in the United States and changing what American audiences 
think about things. Um, it, it just seems like, um, I, I don't want to say a missed opportunity, right? Because government propaganda is not, is not an opportunity, but, um, does that, did, did what I say there make any sense at all? Or am I babbling? Well, I never read any Japanese manga myself. I see a lot of children, uh, make, uh, drawings looks like, uh, the manga type of drawings, you know, the, the, the kind of, um, little hero with a big eye shining or something. But, uh, for me, it's, uh, it's very much like, uh, a Mickey Mouse. You know, it's uh, it's a very stylish, and uh, and uh, I don't know, it's uh, why I, I I don't know why it catches so many young people's the imagination. I have no idea. Yeah, um, that's why I think uh, all arts are propaganda. If we if you become a popular, it it reflects certain kind of you know meaning there. Sure. Let me let me try to phrase it in a, maybe in a slightly different way. One of the things that I liked so much about Zodiac was, well, the structure of the book, that you structured it around the Chinese Zodiac, and then you've used each of those 12 um, uh, uh, parts of the Zodiac to not only illustrate a part of your life, but to illustrate what's going on politically. Like, you're, you're, you did something with a very multi-phased uh, uh, a manner. Now, I think that this probably will teach more people about Chinese culture uh, than 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 something that's more staid. You know, um, I think more people will read this than say um, uh, your your prose memoir uh, to get things about important parts of Chinese culture in terms of familial relationships in terms of how you feel about your ancestors or how you feel about um old objects right like those are different cultural things that i've learned about from reading this book that i don't know that i would have learned about in a prose book um so from that point of view it seems to me that it would be it would be better if china let more of the culture get out to the other countries. Well, uh, those kind of culture, it's, uh, it's, uh, we talk about a uh, emerald. Uh, you know, this, this book, I would say it is, it's not a forest, but more like a bushes. You know, you have all kinds of things come out from bushes, mushrooms, grass, or flowers, or, or bees, you know, you never know what you get. It's quite a uh, uh, kind of wild growing situation, but that's a, that's a, a environment. But in authoritarian uh, state, they never really allowed, uh, you know, this kind of uh, massive uh, nature uh, supporting system. So, after this kind of heavy censorship, you want to have one type of uh, language and forms, which is a pity because it limits uh, people's imagination and uh, it's just uh, not offering enough uh, nutrition to to the people or growing up, you know, who, who grows. 
And uh, that uh, happens in, in a sectarian state, but also happens in the West. We see our West, uh, you know, always uh, promote uh, individualism and the freedom, and we call it a democratic society. But if you look at the children's book, it's, uh, yes, of course, there's a lot of good ones, but uh, still, very often you see very banal type of, uh, you know, uh, still type of uh, books, which uh, doesn't really offer, uh, 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 cannot really give uh, enough uh, thinking or questioning of the, the condition of today. Sure. No, absolutely. I mean, I, I, I think a lot of that is that uh, publishers are are more interested or worried about uh, uh, capitalistic and, and commercial values. In other words, they want to be able to sell a book that they're making money off of rather than sell a book that is expressing, you know, a, a human emotion in the right way. What I will say is that in, in the medium of comics, uh, I think that Western children comics are, are actually really fantastic these days that the, the most popular things tend to be like Raina Telgemeier, who does memoir like this. It's not, you know, it's not identical and it's aimed at a kid's audience rather than an adult audience, but that is is actually expressing things that are real and kids really, really, really are attracted to that. Um, uh, I have a store full of, of comics here uh, and we sell comics to children and the ones they want, what the kids want is not the propagandist ones, as as you would say, but the more human and real ones, the ones that make an actual connection, the ones that show them different cultures, that show them different ways of thinking, that expand their mind. And I'm I'm really encouraged by the fact that kids can take things that way. Well, it's not easy. <clears throat> To, to make a, bar, uh, a book. If you think a book is uh, some kind of art form or, or literature or poetry, you need an author. And, uh, you know, this author is very important. Very often we see the book are made up poor for children because the author misunderstands the children's ability to, 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 to have a maybe even higher level, uh, higher ability um, than the adults. So we often are trying to uh, prejudge, uh, you know, what is good for the children. And uh, that is some kind of uh, um, prediction. I think uh, it's almost like a censorship. You know, it's a different way uh, to, to say, what children should uh, read, which I think is uh, is a problem. Yeah, I, I guess the point that I was trying to make is that it, it, it at least in my experience in San Francisco, right, uh, that children want children want to be challenged. Children children don't want what they see all the time, uh, and I, I I always feel encouraged by that. You know, I always feel that. You know, as Martin Luther King says, that the the arc of history bends ultimately bends towards the good, and I think a lot of that is children uh, and children seeing 
what the world is and 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 how it can be so yeah i come back to the how the world is and uh, on the how it, the imagination of the riches and uh, that very much uh, dominated by the adults and the under the market and the capitalism and then you know trying to attract uh, children just like use candies or use some kind of fast food um you know this is a reality you can uh, that's the reality that's why i think in general those books are poor i'm sure there's great ones please send me two copies uh what do you think is really good sure i can do that yeah no absolutely i can do that um so let's let's talk a little bit about the creation and execution of zodiac um one of the things I noticed when I was doing a little research on this was that, that there's kind of a multimedia aspect to Zodiac, that you did a series of statues, um, you did a series of uh, Lego paintings, um, uh, you've done the graphic novel, maybe there's more things that I'm not aware of. What was your, what was your thinking in doing it as a multimedia kind of thing, particularly when they're not explicitly connected to one another. I, as a, as artists, you're you're just a living creature. You know, I, I never really planned anything. I only focus on what I want to do on the next. You know, so I first did the. Uh, the zodiacs because they relate to, uh, you know, I never really believe in zodiacs or you know, like most Chinese, they are more, more feel uh, relate to it. I'm a little bit uh, like outsider, but when once I realized this kind of zodiac sculptures was looted by British and uh, French soldiers in the you know. 250 years ago and uh, so that is uh, that is an old story but every Chinese uh, under government using that as a patriotic type of uh, education to say okay that belong to us but now they loot it then they sec- sell it in the auction house and uh, to buy it back to you know, it's almost like a, to some kind of revenge, which is, I think, is ridiculous because they, you know, Qing Dynasty, the policy looted is not even, you know, Han people, but rather uh, uh, someone from outside. You know, we call the Manchu people who conquered Chinese uh, kingdom. And uh, to, you know, it's, uh, it's an invader or, uh, so, so I think that this is interesting because we always uh, rewrite the history and the re. But these zodiacs relate to every Chinese because Chinese people they will never ask how old are you. They would ask what sign is your zodiac sign. So, you know, I I I like that. I think you know you have to jump twelve years. You either twelve or twenty four or thirty six, and uh, which you know. 48 or 60, you know, you, you only have a few, <laughs> like, uh, uh, you, you can't imagine that. And they can compare to the other people's zodiac sign 
you know, a lot of stories relate to this uh, 12 animals, uh, you know. So I think that's uh, pretty interesting to, to create something which everybody can feel they can somehow relate to. And uh, so that's the uh, first public sculpture I ever did. And uh, it's being shown in the palace, in front of the palace hotel, uh, in front Central Park. And uh, the mayor Bloomberg gave an uh, opening uh, talk because that time I was in secret detention, so I, I couldn't attend it. So that gradually, that story become uh, classic and modern and uh, political and also uh, related to history and uh, social uh, discussions. And uh, gradually I start to build it with that later I build it with the uh, Legos, which uh, is a new media I, I liked because it's, uh, it's different from painting. So mine says uh, Lego paintings, which is completely construction. And every Lego beats are a, a digital uh, and uh, you know pixels, so it more relate to computers than relate to anything else. So that's how this gradually developed. And the stories, basically, the stories are all my personal stories or the stories related to China's uh, past and the culture, which is very can be very rich, sometimes can be even uh, looks surreal or even some unbelievable. Um, but uh, basically it's by two other authors. So one is, uh, uh, you know, John Luca, and another is um, uh, Electra. And uh, they are couples and they have been following me, my activities, uh, they're activists and a very good writer draw uh, illustrator. So they have been doing an, uh, a lot of portraits of me before they got involved with this Zodiac project. So of course we share stories and they know me so well and uh, they, they, they um, structure it together with the concept of Zodiacs and my, my member. So that's how it comes out. So, um, uh, your level of direct involvement here, other than living this life, right? Obviously, this is your story. You live this life. But did you, you so you didn't write a script for this. You didn't lay it out. It's, it's uh, Jean-Luca and Eletra who, who did that. Is that, is that correct? Um, it, uh, basically, it's, uh, they did all the labor works. But uh, the, the the quotes, the ideas, and the, the stories, and the images, and also the concepts, you know, I work on that with them. And of course, I always have to communicate with them. And also, I did the last editing because it could be a lot of uh, uh, things need to be corrected. Yeah. So, uh, most, uh, all the drawings uh, is by John Lucas, and uh, I did the cover, and uh, of course, uh, I, I think he did a cover, strong cover, and, uh, and uh, yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. So I'm, uh, one of the reasons I ask this is because it, it, it's really a deaf job of taking each of the signs of the Zodiac and applying it to an individual story in your life. And I, if that seems to me the kind of thing that only you can really do, uh, rather than having someone from the outside go, oh, I think this part of your life fits in with this Zodiac. I guess what I'm asking is the structure of putting it together, of, of breaking it into 12 chapters, and in chapter one, it's going to be this, and in chapter two, it's going to be that. How much input, how much active input did you have in, into that process? Well, I, most of me, they are doing that, but I would give them some stories which relate to you know, because I know Chinese mythology and the star, star stories so uh, lead them into different uh, different parts, different animals. But uh, they did the sewing together, uh, you know, to to pack it together. Yeah, you you work quite often with many other people doing work. Um, uh, Zodiac here or, or the sunflower seeds where you have 1600 artisans and painting the, the porcelain Alcatraz is a great example where you didn't even, you didn't, you weren't even in the space. You were in China at the time and other people have to make it. Um, I'm, I'm really curious about the, the nature of you as the artist versus individual artisans well i'm uh, i'm working more i'm working on every level i'm working as a someone conceptually uh you know very precisely uh to work with whoever work with me and uh, i come to the very final measurement or lines or or drawings. I'm architects. I don't build the house myself, but I come to every, uh, you know, every corner, every, and uh, how high the door should be, and uh, you know, it's, it's all the details. And also, I'm a film film director. I don't um, very often. Sometimes I use camera. Most time there's camera person or another another dozen directors working with me when we did the human flow. So it's a uh, you know we are living in a, a industrial industrial society. I don't have the liberty to spend my time just working on uh, pages after pages because I do maybe twenty cents at the same time. But uh, but I'm very uh, precisely very uh, I would say very picky on. Uh, on my uh, as that judgment, and uh, also uh, you know, I, people work with me. They they, they know I this is the most uh, crucial to to make a work become a book or, or work. So I never accept a work which is not my, but uh, you know, uh, existing because I'm not enjoy that the work. I would call as my work only because I would think they reflect my, my, um, you know, my kind of judgment or, or control of it. 
Absolutely. Absolutely. I'm, yeah, I'm talking to the Italians tomorrow uh, about the making of the comic, so I'll get their perspective on this as well. But um, what was the... What was the the depth of the editing process that you did to to make the final book? How many changes did you did you ask for? I guess is part of what I'm 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 asking. Well, if you come to the changes, that means already too late. The structure already in uh, you know what years you know so we we have to uh, go through the process, but the other the final. It's only about uh, uh, right or wrong, or the way to, uh, or um, basically, I I like John Lucas drawing. I think uh, his language, uh, of course, we discuss the style. He can draw different ways, but I wanted the story not like uh, you know kind of very expression uh, expressionist or or too. But a very, how do you say, uh, very like the book I read while I was young, you know, simple lines, very almost plain, but uh, to let the, the, the narrative comes out. So which, uh, that's how I, I can accept uh, the, this uh, style. Uh, otherwise, uh, you know, I, it's, you know, other styles I, I may not fit. Uh, you know, fit into my my judgment. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah. There's a there's a very photorealistic uh, nature to the art here, um, uh, and and in fact, in many many places, I could see that it was literally a photograph that he had hey, redrawn or or how whatever he had done. Um, did you? Did you suggest to him particular images to use, or was that just their um, call? Never. Yeah. I, uh, once we come to collaboration in China, we have an old saying: if you work with somebody, you have to trust it. If you have a little not trusted, do not work with it. You know. So uh, why you need that kind of struggle? You know. So uh, I. I like his drawing. I trust him. Of course, I would give him some suggestions. You know, I would introduce certain styles to him to show the book I liked, you know, from the earlier time. You know, this wonderful, uh, uh, how do you see, uh, illustrator from China. Uh, you know, I introduced to him. And actually, in the today book, yeah, on the call section, he Basically, used the, the the that image, you know, the this a farmer with a cow, and this cat in front of this cow. So that image basically it's this this uh, illustrator's image, and uh, you know we we trying to pay respect to the past. Does matter? It was a revolutionary story, but a lot of beautiful revolutionary stories heroic stories and the human stories, you know, so, uh, yeah, the, there's, uh, I'm very happy he likes that uh, person's uh, drawings so much, and uh, I, I, we both think we cannot draw as good as this guy. It's not possible, because this guy, he, he's just so good. His, his name is He Yuzhi. 
Yeah, uh, actually, we introduced the other book on the on the calm uh, chapter. Yeah, yeah, I, I remember that. Um, do you um, you say that that so much of what you do is conceptual? Um, how much actual execution of art do you do in 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 on a daily basis? I suppose. You mean use my hands? Yeah, as opposed to your brain. Yeah, I uh, everything I did is use my brain, and uh, every work I did is use my brain. But uh, where why I don't do painting? I don't want dirty my hands. Why do Lego? Anybody can structure it. I I like this kind of detachment with the work. And uh, I don't like this kind of personal flavoring there, you know, this kind of habit. Uh, actually, I a bit hate uh, the one who just trying to show his own accent or habit. So, yeah, I'm, I just try to make it simple. Interesting, interesting. It's, it's fascinating because most of what I value um as a as a person who sells books is that individual craft the 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 individual thing that someone brings to a work to make it their own work you know uh what's it that they say that there's only seven stories you know um you know maybe maybe it's a dozen i don't know but but how you execute that thing is to me at least one of the most fascinating parts of of the creation of art but I, I very much appreciate that, that your your view is different. Uh, yes, I'm not only doing differently, and I try to make all my works uh, different from each other. You know, I do porcelain, I do uh, carpentry, I do stone carving, I do iron casting, I do films, um, and, uh, and uh, you know, the, the comic books. And you know, I try to to give up the sense I already familiar with. I don't like this kind of uh, one artist just does the same thing for the whole generation or even three generations doing the same kind of thing. For me, that is lacking of challenge and uh, imagination. And, uh, you know, it's, uh, that's what I, I, don't, I disassociate with myself with. There, there's. Do you think that there's any value though in the, in the mastery of a craft, uh, in terms of the, the, the ability to to draw, right? Like like the first time, you draw a cat, right? It looks sort of like a vaguely cat-like subject, and then the tenth time, it looks more like a cat, and then the hundredth time you draw a cat, then it becomes more realistic and more true. As you practice more and more and more, you get better at executing uh, the the vision. Um, do, does is do you see a value in that, or I I don't think so. I think uh, if you look at the children's drawing, they often make uh, great drawings than the so-called uh, the educated people. They are innocent. They they just know how to draw, and they are very um, very brave because they. They don't know what should stop them. So 
you you should always learn from the children. It can be very sophisticated. Oh, I I agree with that absolutely. Um, I I wonder though that in a capitalistic society where most people don't have the freedom to create art in anything other than their spare time. In other words, there because you can't um, commercialize your art, uh, it 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 means that there's less art being produced. Does that does do you follow what I'm I'm suggesting there? Did that make sense? I, I always wonder when I ask these questions if it make any sense. Mm, well, uh, there's many levels. Uh, <laughs> Uh, we have, if we have to talk about it, but I think uh, mostly it's about uh, on the values, how we judge, uh, you know, there's uh, social values, there's uh, so-called artistic values, and there's also uh, human values, and uh, political values. Very often, those are not, not the same, uh, not on the same level, but uh, very often, the mainstream are dominated by uh, by by a single value. That is dangerous for not not just the poor, but dangerous for the society. Yeah, I guess what I'm I'm asking is that, given the nature in a capitalistic society where you don't have free time to make art, that you have to work to pay for your rent, to pay for your food, to pay for your family. And that becomes the main value that people take from their lives, right? Um, or not that, not that they take, but that they have to apply in order to survive, you know? Um, uh, it, it, they don't get to make art. That, that it's not a freedom that most people have to make art. Well, the question is, you think you have the freedom, but still you cannot make art. Art is not because you think you have freedom. Very often art is uh, come from someone have to with a very restrained uh, situation and limited uh, resource and uh, to make, to have something come out from these kind of difficulties that in literature, in poetry, and in very good artists, obviously like that. So um, people often have a misunderstanding to say, okay, we have the freedom and uh, you, we can create a great art, which uh, I think is a lie. It's not true. What is it that, um, that makes art great? I know. I know that's a really broad question. That's probably oh, a ridiculous. But, uh, it's, it's a it's a it's a very uh, solid question. The 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 so called art uh, feel uh, we I personally I feel is uh, so called great is it shows something impossible. It shows uh, something we cannot predict. It comes from someone's experience, which it's not commonly uh, you can come com, can you cannot commonly uh, give a form. You know, it's it's unique, and uh, those are very essential. And uh, but uh, 
Yeah, but it's not about popularity. It's not about the book win some kind of awards or being put on publisher, you know, bestseller. It's nothing to do with that. Yeah, no, I I agree with that. I guess I I guess I would maybe reframe my question in terms of who who has the ability to make art because it it strikes me and you please tell me that I'm wrong about this, but that in your world, I don't mean you specifically, but in in the fine art world, um, in the big project world, that it's it's only people who have access to resources who are able to to make that kind of art. I guess part of the thing I might ask is sort of the difference between the accessibility of a comic where this is a very inexpensive object that anyone can buy versus art that's in museums, for example, where to go to a museum, just to visit a museum one time costs more than this book does uh, at, at many, many museums, you know? Is there... What do you think about that, I guess? It's just sort of the accessibility of art versus the the comfort part of art. Um, first, I think uh, when we talk about value, we talk about the, the, the people's judgment on how they think it's valuable. So I, I think uh, um, through education or through some kind of mainstream propaganda or the capitalism that we always value what sells high is more valuable you know it's uh which uh, i think is uh <laughs> this is uh really uh not just questionable but uh, wrong you know a great uh poetry can never really sell and we all remember those are great writers but why artwork have to sell like uh, sky high? But uh, still, we're living in a very untasted, uh, strange society. And uh, a little comic book can be very meaningful, or can be very uh, uh, a, a great piece of work to be remembered, but uh, maybe just uh, not popular. So, yeah, it's hard to use uh, this kind of price to charge any work. Sure, no, absolutely. I, I just, um, you know, I, I always wonder about people who get to make art and get to make is, is, is a strange statement. But, you know, people who go to school, for example, right? To go to school to do art, that's hundreds of thousands of dollars in America, at least. Um uh and so then it strikes me that the art that they produce is often a reflection of that capitalistic in investment if you see what i mean right that they're maybe talking less about individual points of view than than something that they think they can they can make money back so they can pay student loans back sure this is uh, capitalism is a huge machine. It will crash any other kind of uh, forms. So you know, once you're you're in into that process, uh, very often you can see what kind of product you become. Yeah, yeah, it's it's tricky. You know, as as a person who sells art, I you know I, uh, I I struggle with it all the time because I see so many cartoonists 
who who don't make any money and they're struggling so hard to be able to express themselves and and the opportunities just aren't there for them you know and i it's the one thing i i love being in a capitalistic society but i also despise the fact that people don't get all the opportunities um to to express themselves that they want because they can't afford to not not only they cannot afford to that that uh, is under uh, is uh, uh, how they call it uh, un, un, underestimate. It's uh, really they cannot, they are not even allowed to. You know, many opinions you just simply cannot even express in today's uh, uh, situation. You you must know it. You know so. Yeah, yeah. You know it's very true. I have a question about. Um about your personal life in terms of uh your 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 father was labeled a dissident you were your whole family was exiled into the desert and living in a hole in the ground uh and yet 10 years later you were able to travel to america and go to art school um how how did that how were you able to achieve those things <laughs> i did not achieve anything actually only what i have achieved is i made the decision i have to leave china uh, and uh, you know if any direction doesn't matter uh you know it can be india or russia or korea or wherever i can across the border i would leave and uh, so, you know, my early education—not uh, education, but my early experience—told me that it's dangerous for me to stay because I, I can sense I'm a, I'm a person with uh, this kind of rebelling uh, spirit. You know, that's that's what is the worst uh, disease if you have that in in China. So um, by well, I will not say accident, but uh, I had a girlfriend uh, whose family yeah, migrants to United States uh, before 1949. And uh, then, you know, I followed uh, her help, you know, her uh, to, to went to Philadelphia, then Berkeley, then New York City. And, and uh, you know, I come from China, and it's very hard to even survive in the United States. Uh, so foreign students uh, doesn't really speak uh, words of English. So I just hanging around there and uh, pays my rent and uh, doesn't do anything. Almost, you know, I call myself as artist. So that's gradually, you know, I, I, I just trying to survive. It's not, uh, I'm not so interested in, you know, American dream <laughs> or whatever, you know, because it's uh, such a uh, contradiction to, uh, you know, the communist, uh, I mean, you know, the early education. Uh, even I don't like that education still. I'm not very convinced about American dream. I would say that. So after 12 years, I went back to China, become a foreigner again. China totally changed to become a, a very capitalistic uh, society, but uh, politically uh, still a uh, communist. So I make me uh, very uncomfortable 
uh, because uh, as a double, I'm comfortable. Uh, and uh, you know, this authoritarian society with uh, with this uh, capitalism ideology. So I uh, again in my nation, I become a, a misfit again. So I I, I did uh, some architecture works, you know, which can earn some money and uh, and other other works, you know, publishing uh, underground books or organize uh, some kind of art shows to try to promote the local culture. And until one day I'd be re recognized uh, by West, basically, as artists like giving me shows. So, yeah, that's the story to make it simple, yeah. Yeah. Um, is, is it, and, and being recognized by the West is, it, it, is that part of why you were able to survive in China during those 12 years? Because you couldn't just be disappeared because people were looking for you and paying attention to you. Is that, is that a fair statement or is that, am I off somewhere there? I always uh, think I was uh, identified by Chinese authority and also recognized by the uh, West, both on wrong reasons. You know, so I, but uh, you know, you have to survive and you have to work with the giving condition. So political situation, East or West or China or United States, you know, so it's almost, uh, for me, it's all like a ready-made. So I have to, as an individual, I have to, uh, have to deal with it. I understand. How does your mother feel about you as an artist in relationship to your father? I mean, you both, you both ended up being dissidents. Did what? Did that make her scared? Did that make her proud? I, I, I'm curious. My father was uh, one. When I growing up, he was uh, being seen as enemy of the state. And later, he got uh, uh, rehabilitated and he become a hero, uh, like a national patriotic poet. The national. This is uh, still on the highest uh, level. And uh, myself will become a dissident, uh, how do you say, dissident. Uh, my mother never have no con on any kind of, uh, she, she never even recognized my work as art. She would laugh to see what I did uh, can be called art. And uh, I totally agree with her. You know, I, I think I, what I did is what I did. I don't even care I'm doing art or not. You know, uh, till today, I don't really care. You know, so I think there's much bigger mission than just being an artist, you know. So, and uh, so that's how the situation is. That That makes a lot of sense to me. Um... Uh, I am almost done here. I'm almost out of time, but let me ask you one more, two more big questions. The first thing I'd like to ask you about is 
is AI and the way that AI um, has the ability to potentially democratize art, but also to take away from the ability of artists to make a living doing it, right? Because capitalists, the, the capitalist imperative is to get work done as cheap as possible. And if you can just speak a couple of words into a computer and have it spit out some art, um, then what do you need artists for? Yeah. Um, it, does that, does that f concern you for the future of creativity in the world that, or, or are you more optimistic about, about the future and the potential of AI? I, well, uh, sorry, my name is also AI, but uh, I know, <laughs> I know. Yeah, but uh, I, I will not concerned at all. I think uh, what AI can do is just uh, exactly what art cannot do, and what AI cannot do is exactly what art should do. So, of course, AI would make a lot of people losing their jobs or or make their skills seems not even relevant anymore. But that's exactly and the AI did a good thing because it challenges our humanity and our our human spirit, which AI can never really achieve. And uh, yeah, it is a challenge, but uh, for many people. But for me, I I don't think that uh, that would affect uh, my way. Yeah, sure. Did you, um, I know you have a, have a, a thing that's happening at Piccadilly Cir Circus now where you're asking questions, 81 questions of, of AI. Um, have you been surprised by any of the answers that you've gotten? No, not at all. It's a, it's a very banal uh, answer. It's, it's just, a, it's a tool. You know, a tool cannot jump itself to create a machine. You, you have to use the hand and the human's mind to to, to create a, anything very simple. So, but uh, but still, a, a great tool, a great tool can solve many problems, can help you, you know, they, they, they challenge you play chess game or Chinese Go game. And, uh, you know, that uh, and it can complicate the uh, analyzing a second, which uh, take uh, a student maybe uh, one semester to come out this kind of conclusion. Or make many professors lost their job because most time they did is with just a human AI, but not. Uh, but uh, that only means we are very easy to share the information and the knowledge. But the information and knowledge, even quickly be shared, still doesn't make a, a better society. You know, we are still human. We are still uh, have our own joys and uh, our fears. And those things, uh, you know, AI doesn't have a will. It doesn't care. It's, it's cold. It doesn't have a heart and a lung. And, uh, you know, it, it just doesn't even. <laughs> it's, uh, so it's, it's no comparison. I don't, I don't see how. I can't see many people are scared about it because. Uh, it questions their uh, ability of existence, but uh, that should not be the art, art, you know. Sure, I guess. I guess part of my concern would be that resources 
that couldn't be given to actual human artists having actual human thoughts are instead being given over to um to computer thoughts which is just in a best case scenario regurgitation right uh uh i don't think that ai is able to make the leap between one concept and another concept the way that a human can and it's certainly not going to relate it to how we feel how we live what we need to succor our souls um uh but those resources being taken away i i think are the danger um because you know in in a capitalistic society of course uh, the pendulum always is swinging back and forth and it always ends up way too high at one point before it swings back to the middle again well why electricity being discarded you know, that's, that's, that's a fact of everybody's life, but still, you know, we still like to have a darkness. We still like to have candles and uh, we still, you know, appreciate, uh, said uh, the place, the uh, area or corner with no electricity, you know, so <laughs> yeah, same thing, you know, it's just, uh, a uh, different conditions. That's, that's kind of a beautiful answer, actually, and I I, I really appreciate that. Um, uh, my 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 last question before I move on to the audience questions here will be um, one of the things I talk to a lot of comic book artists about is the blank page about about when they stare at a blank piece of paper and they have to start drawing lines, like how they start doing that. For a writer, it's often a blinking cursor on their on their computer screen what's your blank page is it all in your head um or or are there tools that you use to to to, to bring your blank page to a to an actual concept in the where most often my blank page will remain black uh. okay and, and and how so? How do you mean that? And uh, that means uh, we call so-called human creativity. And uh, if I look at it twice, very often it's really limited to our own, uh, you know, it's our own imaginations or or human conditions. And uh, very often, it's not so necessary. Okay, that makes sense. What I guess I'm trying to get to, how do you go from having a concept? For example, in Alcatraz, uh, you have a space and you you thought, oh, I'd use, the, there's a little bit about it in, in, in here. Uh, oh, maybe I'll, I'll use the kites and dragons. How do you go from that to the actual execution of the idea, though? Uh, you use some big words, execution of the idea. Why? <laughs> uh, it's uh, it's so easy. It comes uh, very handy, and uh, since I never think of my idea is uh, is uh, is uh, even it's a good idea. It's just help me to pass in some time or to yeah. It's true. It's helping me to you know. Uh, not just sitting uh, on the uh, chair all the time, but uh, 
to actually put my hands on something or or help me to develop uh, develop my curiosity in terms of uh, uh, how materials are being being used, and uh, you know, very often it's about uh, understanding the imperfection of the, this kind of process. So I I would say nothing nothing glamorous, but it's very often it's quite a boring. There's, 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 there's value in boredom though, you know, well, I think, and, and may entertain others, you know, you know, we all need to be entertained, I guess. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, so actually that's, that's a, that's a really good segue to the audience questions. Um, I actually don't have a lot. Oh, I think, I think people were, were actually anxious to try it, to ask you questions. I know I certainly was. Um, so I really only have uh, two different people who submitted questions. Um, the first one's from Julie McNeil, uh, who's um, uh, who's also a, a comics artist uh, herself. One of the the questions that she asks is, um, and let me just kind of rephrase it: What um, are there any comics that you follow? Probably not, but I would I would more broadly ask: Are you do you pay attention to pop culture at all? Um, or or is it not worth your time? I play. I of course I pay attention to pop culture before it become a culture. So I'm on I'm on internet all the time on Instagram on Twitter. So I see the world uh, shifting in front of me. All those facts, all those events, and all those uh, uh you know. Uh, like a theater. So, but I don't pay much attention to called, uh, uh, pop culture because it, once it's already become a, a culture, which I, it, oh, it doesn't really have this kind of uh, stimulating or kind of sharp feelings uh, or our emotions uh, in there. But I pay a lot of attention to reality. Understood. Understood. Do you um, do you follow any comic art at all? Do you not at all? I I never I never really uh, look at it. I, I look at the covers because of, you know I have to pass in in Berlin. I have to pass at least five bookshops. Uh, and you know, in the window, I will see some carvers. But I, I kind of sense uh, there's a different culture and always uh, different uh, styles. But uh, very often, in the so-called children's store, the styles are so similar because there's uh, so many beautiful ways in the history and in the medieval time or in the you know, or in the Song Dynasty or Yuan Dynasty, they're great, great paintings or drawings. And, uh, and we lost the ability to still carry this uh, very impressive uh, human uh, treasure to give to the children, to introduce to the children. Um, but rather to have a quick, like a three minutes. Uh, uh, you know, reading or something, you know, just quickly uh, before they 
uh, to to put them into the bed to sleep. You know, I I I don't think that is um, I don't think that's good. Yeah, Do you, have you ever given any thought to doing more things that are aimed specifically at children? Versus, I, I, I like to take a challenge. Yes, actually, I'm I'm gonna start to thinking about uh, uh, if I do one what kind of story and what kind of expression it should be, you know, it's just, you know, just to trying to give a, a different type of uh, approach. Yeah. Yeah. No, I would, I would love to see that because I, I agree with a lot of your thoughts about the way that, that, that we, we teach children. And as I say, I, I find that children, because they're, because they're unformed yet, they're unfinished, um, are, the most open to a variety of things um and that if you can catch them when they're young if you can put ideas in their brain when they're young those can grow into amazing things and in directions you would never have thought of i think so i totally agree i think uh to underestimate uh our human's uh, ability our intelligence or sensitivity uh when they are as a a children is a mistake. Yeah. So very often we we see a lot of guidelines to say, okay, children cannot see this or this is not fit for children. I think that is really shows how scared those adults have no imagination and the poor education art. And uh, yeah, yeah. I, in fact, I want to like to bring it back to the to this particularly. I want to say I thought of of everyone in the book. I actually thought that your son Lao came off almost the best with with his inquisitive questions about art, his his interest in how the world worked, and I thought it really captured a child's sense of wonder very very well. Well, actually, law is much profound than I can imagine. You know, this this book doesn't really show uh, his uh, his mental ability. I, I feel a little bit shy if he sees the book. I know what he would uh, feel, and I, I think he will, he may be angry of me. So, <laughs> oh well, I don't know. I thought, I mean, just the shadow of him on the wall. I thought that that shadow was was very impressive from from what came across. So, good good job on you as a father and and on his mother as well for for raising a, a child who who seems to be inquisitive and thoughtful and philosophical. Uh, very very good job there. Um, uh, uh, let's see. Julie has another question that I want to ask. There's actually two, two more that I want to ask from her. Um, many artists were mentioned in Zodiac, such as Pablo Neruda and Joseph Weiss. So I'm pronouncing it wrong, I'm sure. All of these had an influence on Weiwei's ideas. Can Weiwei recommend any Chinese women artists working today or even in the past that we should know about? Uh, of course, there's a lot, but I'm not good in giving names. Uh, you know, in in art, I will not say nothing in the the West as the women and men or or color or race become so. Uh, how do you say? Uh, being 
and talk like this, like oh, your 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 vegetarian or your you know we we don't do that like that. You know, many people they eat、uh, they don't eat meat.、Uh, they like, but they will never call them a vegetarian. You know, it's not a、uh, it's not a, a problem, and、uh, it's your. You're good. You can be a great poet just by what you're writing. So,、uh, I think that is、uh, to really、uh, to name those things. I think it shows some kind of social、uh, unbalancing problem. You know. So I understand.、Mm-hmm. I understand. Yeah, I think it's.、Uh, I, I I haven't asked Julie why she asked this question, but I suspect it's because. She herself is a woman making art, and she's looking for inspiration. Is I I suspect the, the basis of that question. Women, great.、Uh, women has better sensitivity、uh, than men, you know, because you have to give children, and then you you care, and then you your love is your job. So, so this is a、uh, great. Not like a man, it always can be、uh, trained very differently. So, yeah. No, very much so.、Um, uh, the final question that I'm going to do from Julie,、um, and I'm going to paraphrase this quite a bit.、Um, let me tie it into into what I thought of Zodiac itself. Again, I, I mentioned earlier that I thought that it very much showed me history, showed me a way of thinking, showed me things that I wouldn't have seen, and despite. The government of China being authoritarian towards you, imprisoning you, beating you, disappearing people around you—it still comes across in reading this that you very much love China,、uh, at least the culture part of it, if not the actual authoritarian world that exists in the real world. So her question was. The last page has you giving the "fuck you" sign,、uh, but do you miss China? Well, I'm familiar with China. I would say my my ancestors、uh, they all rooted in China. I speak one Chinese language. If this interview in Chinese, I would be, you know, much better for on my side. So I am in very uncomfortable condition as a foreigner or as some kind of one being exiled. But still, there's no complaint. That's life. That's a real life. So I would not say I love China, but at least I don't hate China. And I say China is a、uh, a nation or race. People are trying to survive. And the survive is a way, and maybe some of them think that is the right way, and the others they don't even care, or they think that's wrong. It's always like that in every society. Yeah, but you you do have an affection for these things yourself. I mean, it、uh, it comes across in the book, I think. Unless unless I'm reading it wrong, I mean, it's possible that I.、Yeah. No, no, I, I will not. I think that your judgment can be the final judgment. Every re- reader has、uh, their own judgment, 
And uh, I, I never even uh, have a, give a thought about it, but I, I kind of agree with you. Yeah. Okay. Very good. Um, the, the last audience question I have is from Terry Hu. Um, I, I, I thought this was a sweet question. What happened to the cats that you had in your studio in Beijing when the authorities demolished it? And do you have any cats anymore? We know that you love them. Um, there's one, I, I actually destroyed two of my studios, but, uh, uh, there's one still remains, uh, existing and, uh, the, the cats are still active in my, I would call it my home studio and being taken really good care of. And, uh, of course, some, uh, old and passed away after, you know, a longest, uh, stays here for about 22 years so it's very long life uh, i think and uh, they all been loved and uh, we, we we look at them think they are a uh, saint you know they are lyric they are creature and we will not understand but uh, fully highly respected so yeah and they bring us uh, many many lessons and you know, so it's wonderful. Yeah, and and do you currently still have cats? Do you, do you keep them as as? Oh yes, cats? in in Portugal we have the seven cats, and the wow, in London we have two cats. So yeah, it's it, cats. We don't take care of cats. Cats taking care of us. You know, they they are very independent. Yeah, one, yeah absolutely wonderful. Yeah, I love I love that. I love that. Um. Uh, okay, and so to kind of wrap this up, um, uh, you know, I, as I said, I have a first question that's always the same. I have a, sec a last question that's always the same. This is a series of, of interviews with people who make art. Um, I've been doing this for nine years now. We've got some 300 different creators. They're all comic book people. Um, but one of the things I hear very often from our viewers is that they want to make art. They again, particularly comics. They want to make comics, and they're afraid. They're they're either afraid of how it's going to be taken, or they don't think they're good enough, or they have imposter syndrome. You know, um, they just don't know how they can make art. So, what would be the recommendation to a young artist? for how they can effectively get over themselves uh, and and to make art, to produce art. Um, this can be something practical or this could be something philosophical. Um, but what what might be your answer to that for someone who, who would like to to make art and doesn't know? Very often we think uh, people ask a question, what would I do? Uh, one doing art or what I should uh, I would say if you're cats you're cats if you're donkey you're donkey just be yourself and uh, you know you, a donkey cannot be a cat cats cannot be a dog it's not possible so just be yourself and uh, you know then making uh, some comic books is just a byproduct of being yourself and uh, it should be always be good so very good. That makes a lot of sense. The you know the difference between cats and donkeys and humans is that we're self-aware of of ourselves and yeah we we uh, we are too 
self-conscious and we are also always think we are not good enough, we have to be somewhere else. So that is kills people. Well, very good. I, I want to really profoundly thank you for taking the time to talk to us today. So I've just talked to you. Yeah, and I, I, I really I really loved this. I hope that you continue to look at comics as an art form and and perhaps produce something else in the future because even though this was done in collaboration, this is really a work of pretty great sensitivity, I thought, and pretty great um, use of the medium of comics and, and how time works and things that other art forms don't do nearly as well as comics. So... I just want to say thank you very much for this and thank you for taking the time and thank you for all the signed copies that you were able to, to provide for us as well. Cause I know you are a very busy man and no, I appreciate this. I, I love to do that. I, I love to have real communication and also I really appreciate my two collaborators. They are giving the, 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 the warmth and the, you know, temperature to the book and, uh, you know, I fully appreciate it. All right. Thank you very much. Thank you. Bye-bye. Take care.